0: DJ and PK in the morning, proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Countdown to the Rose Bowl is on. PK is in Pasadena for the game. Unrivaled will be broadcasting from Southern California as well. And we've got multiple questions. So we were just talking about Oregon, how bad that was, and how disappointing that was for the Pac-12. But let's look forward, not back, PK. Are these the good old days for Utah football, or are there more to come?
1: Great question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be in here that you'll be called a troll.
1: <laughs> I think it's a legitimate question.
0: Uh, I think the answer is, tell me how long Kyle Winningham is going to coach the team for.
1: Uh, there'll be announcements Saturday night.
0: <laughs> About what? <laughs> <laughs> I love how you do that. <laughs> now, if you're going to do that, you're going to earn this, this trolling stuff.
1: <laughs> I'm just <laughs> teasing. I'm having fun. Come on. 90% of the people get me. The other 10% are still trying to figure it out and probably never get there. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I mean, the, the, see, that's the mark of a program, though, because you just look at the other side. They've gone through coaching changes. Yep. In 10-3, and three? is that called missing a beat? I'll take that. If that's called missing a beat, if they should lose this game, or 11-2, and two, if they should win it, if that's missing a beat, sign me up, right? Uh, so I think that that's what the goal here is, even with Kyle stepping aside at some point. I mean, it's funny, man. He's 62, and it's like we're putting the guy out to pasture <laughs> with this retirement talk. And I, and I certainly... Uh, don't think that he's going to retire. I mean, but everyone reserves the right to change their minds or make a decision. And I don't know that he would be changing his mind because I don't know that it is necessarily he's committed uh, to doing this or that. But I'm very, I'm extremely confident in saying that he's going to be coaching next year. In conversations that I've had with the man himself, uh, but at the same time, I, heck. I'm never ruling out ever. You you very rarely hear me say, "Oh, this is going to happen." You know, there's as it as it progresses, like with the Big Twelve. Uh, you know, I said, "Hey, there's a pretty good chance, pretty good chance." Okay, and then when we got down to the final few days, it's like, "Yeah, this is going to happen," uh, and, and that that's where we were with with that and other stories. I mean, I I came out uh, probably a month before. Dave Rose stepped down, and I had heard uh, there's a pretty good chance that this is going to be it. But I never really said he's done until they put out the actual. Well, we're going to have a press conference today, but you know, I had heard obviously, and I know Dave very well that that this was likely going to be it. But I'm not hearing that from Kyle. But even still, I can't use that as an right. But when
0: I when I bring it up for a reason, I'm looking further down the road. Because yeah, but I think that's the way the sign things of a program, the though. way these things pay off. Right, but when you change the head coach in college football, anything can happen. You can be Utah and you can hit on three head coaching hires in a row. And we know, because we can look back now for thirty years and say they hit on Ron McBride, that was a huge win. They hit on Urban Meyer, that was a huge win. They hit on Kyle Winningham, that was a huge win. Now Boise State, I think they got like five coaches deep. Now they just had a five loss season, so we'll see if they're finally about to miss. But other programs have missed completely. Oklahoma hit on back to back, then swung and missed a couple times in the 90s, and now they've come back and hit on two more hires. And we're going to see if they're going to hit on a third in a row.
1: Okay, but the 90s might as well be the 20s. In terms I get
0: of, it, but when you look at but when you look at programs, because you're talking about Utah being established as an elite. Program.
1: Pac, an elite Pac 12 program. Okay. Doesn't necessarily mean an elite national program, but as an elite Pac 12 program. And I also believe if you've hit on two, then it ought to be easier to hit on three. If you've hit on three, it be, ought to be easier to hit on four and so forth down the line.
0: So there, are the change is that the guy who hired the last three coaches isn't hiring coaches anymore. There's a new AD.
1: But there's. It's never been easier to get a quality coach. Utah literally has everything it needs to be. Because there's a, a big time. There's program.
0: a pecking order, and you write the check, and you get somebody who's run a program that didn't have as much money, but they've run it well, and they've won at the level they're at.
1: That's what you're saying. And they've got, they've got everything they need now. That and they, they and Kyle has talked about this. Uh, progressively from 2011 fast forward here to about enter 2022 in terms of getting in the door. Now getting in the door of a kid's house is like no big deal. That's not where it's at anymore. And he's And he's spoken about that. So I can't think of anything that they don't have. What, what do you want if you're a kid? They're not going to get everybody, obviously, but what are you looking for? Whatever your checklist is, and your checklist, four, five-star, three-star recruit, your checklist is going to be different from your buddy's checklist, and his checklist is going to be but different from the next guy, right? Although they're going to have some commonality, but there may be some differences. Whatever those checklists are, uh, acknowledging that there may be differences over the course of 25 kids that you sign, Utah has it. So Mark Harlan... If he's there at the time of Kyle's retirement, it should never be easier for him to hit on the next coach. And that's the whole point here. Is this, are these the good old days? Now, you look at these teams in the South... Uh, Arizona under Rich Rod, those were the good old days, (laughs) even though he was tough to be around and all that stuff. And Jim Moore had a little run, right? And Mike McIntyre had a little run, and Todd Graham had a little run. All those guys are gone. (laughs) So, in a sense, in a small snapshot of a pitcher, those were the good old days. They couldn't sustain it. Well, Utah uh, has sustained the level of those programs in the South. Now, the good old days for SC – that's that's a higher plane. I'm not necessarily taking all, uh, a national program year in and year out, but in my mind, a competitive program in the South Division year in and year out? Absolutely.
0: When you look at Kyle's track record and you look at three years and he's all about, you know, finding the kids he believes in and developing them. And if they happen to be two-stars, so be it. And if they happen to be four-stars, so be it. But they're the, they're, the, they're the high school players, now transfers also, that he believes in and then develop those players. And every three years, the program's gotten better. Those first three years, they were barely over 500, but they're over 500. they they're bowl-eligible to the Mountain West. The last three years, they barely lost his last three years he was I think 33 and six and then you get into the pac 12 conference and the first three years he's got one bowl bid and competes one time for a division title the next three years it's nine and ten wins and he's competing but not winning the division every year and then the next three- year cycle he wins the division twice but not the conference and now here we are in another three-year cycle and he's won the conference it's always upgrading it's always incrementally, but clearly better. He hasn't gone backwards yet. So if you're in a Rose Bowl and you're on a bigger stage, and they are and they are, he's cashed in every cycle he's built off, and it's been better. I don't see why you would bet against him now. He's that that doesn't ultimate? make any yeah. sense to me. Yeah, it, and I, he, I agree. And I, the I only thing that. people are going to say that, is gonna, that I'm going to be left with a sticking point here is, Lincoln Riley is really good, he really knows what he's doing, and SC hasn't had anyone this good running that program since the Utes joined the conference. Okay, I don't have an answer to that, and maybe he's about to go out and do some kind of um, Pete Carroll, John Robinson, John McKay type run. That's what, that's what USC fans expect. That's what they hope, but he hasn't done it yet. So, oh, we'll
1: see. Thinking Riley, I mean, he, he gravy trained Bob
0: Stoops. <laughs> you didn't think he did it long enough? That it was on him
1: at Oklahoma, but not at SC.
0: No, Oklahoma already had it rolling. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Stoops had it rolling, and he continued it rolling. And so, to lift up SC is a that that's a different equation. I'll give you that.
1: I have to be consistent. My attitude towards coaching hires is give the man a chance you give him a three to four year run and see where he's at mm-hmm. and we hear these hires and oh well that's not going to be a good hire well how do we know that and so here uh, and it's usually from the negative when I always say give this give that man a chance to see what he can do and it's usually because oh that was an underwhelming hire all right and while well, this one is a brand name hire I got it you know you this this is a it was an earth-shattering move he needed to hit a home run. A, uh, what's the name Vaughn the ad and and he did good for him but what does that mean all right you hit a home run you won the press conference it's absolutely sensational this young guy i think he's only like 38 years old and and so good for him but what does that mean he's going in an area where he's never coached and you know he's recruited the area because everybody recruits the area but he hasn't recruited the area intensely the way Say uh, whoever uh, Freddie Whittingham, I think, is uh, one of the guys responsible for recruiting the area down here. And I'm in LA right now. I'm in, uh, obviously in the area, getting ready for the ball game we'll be broadcasting down here today and tomorrow. So I say here, and that's what I mean. And with that in mind, you know, what are his contacts? I I don't rule out a guy's going to stink or be great. So I got to be consistent on this. And sure, it looks like a great hire, but we'll, we'll see what he can do, because Utah still has some advantages. That, that I think they have advantages that SC doesn't have. Utah's the biggest thing we got in the market when it comes to football. You know, and, and BYU's right there, too. I get that. But here, in, in, in this market, which I'm now sitting in, you know, if, if you are average, you are way, way down. Utah's average, they're still selling out. BYU's average, they're still running 55, 60,000 people there.
0: Yeah, and it's <laughs> night and day. It's night and day with yeah. L.A. And, yeah. and watching these two NFL teams go in there and try to win the market, it's like, man, you better be really good. Because the thing is, it's not just football. Like, They will turn the page and move on to the Lakers. And if the Lakers are two games under five hundred, which they are right now, they'll turn the page and move on to the Dodgers. It just keeps coming.
1: Yeah, so let's see what they can do. Uh, and, you know, I, I assume Riley's going to do well, but he's got to. And doing well for them is in a different level than doing well for Utah. Uh, that, that, that's for sure. And then maybe maybe that'll change with Utah now that they have been doing well. Maybe the South isn't good enough. And if they get to the point where winning the conference isn't good enough, well, then, wow, you've got it made. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome uh, If if that's where you're at and uh, here we've got a different set of circumstances that they're now close to achievement. Jaris used to talk about that all the time. You know, heavy is the head that wears the crown.
0: (laughs) I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) He said that so many times. (laughs) Uh,
1: But he loved to say
0: it because he knew he could end discussions because he's right.
1: There's, There's a lot of truth to that. Sure, yeah, and I was with that team on the road for years and it was always a huge huge deal you yeah. go to Albuquerque Laramie uh, uh, Houston Texas when they played Rice it was a big big deal I had I had an extensive conversation before the game with Gifford Nielsen he was a sportscaster he came out for that game Is he a church leader now mm-hmm. and so it was such a big big deal the youths were coming to town that's why it was so fun to cover his team he was tough to cover it sometimes but the players and the attention and all was always the biggest thing going on in the communities when the Utes came to town and that was awesome and you know as he would say and uh, I'm not as good as uh as Tim Lacombe but uh in the land of the blind the one-eyed man is king you know uh so uh, he had all those sayings uh and when he came to town his team would wreak havoc and that uh-huh. offense would be very, very good. Nice. Yeah. Come on, just play the hits now. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, as long as you had Rydosh running the point guard, and you were fine, even though it was Ulch. But, uh, you know, uh, he, he had it going on. And then Utah's got it going on now in football. And I suspect that it's going to continue, at least to the level where they're an off year is when they're picked third in the South. Will they have an off year? Probably. Injuries, whatnot, re- reload, rebuild. A quarterback doesn't pan out that you anticipated. You know, whatever it might be. But well, I see them
0: with Colorado no and Arizona. Than third. Yeah. with Colorado and Arizona struggling so badly, you only have to be in front of either UCLA or ASU, and there you go.
1: Well, yeah, I think and, and watch out for Arizona. You know, they had a great recruiting class. They're way excited about that, and maybe he's a, a fish has established something. It's going to take a couple years for sure and but that's what we're talking about. We're not we're talking about you know the given long term. Is this basically is this a one shot deal? Uh, I've had a couple of people in the national read media reach out to me and basically say enjoy it while you can.
0: <laughs> and if Lincoln Riley goes in there and hits a home run then they're going to be right. You know, and it's it's half the league is sitting on a 20 year Um, span without going to the Rose Bowl, right? Washington State's coming up on 20 years from their last game. They're probably not quite there yet. But another year or two, it'll be half the league that's gone 20 years without going to the Rose Bowl. So it's easy to say that because there's a lot of truth to it because there are a lot of teams living that. Stanford doesn't, even though it hasn't been very long, they don't look very close to going back.
1: Yeah, I had a Stanford guy reach out to me and say that very same thing. You know, enjoy it while you can. And I had uh, my buddy Jason Reed, who works for ESPN, he got in touch with me. Yeah, enjoy it while you can, buddy. Now he was <laughs> kind of, he's an he's, SC grad. He's toying with you. So he was, uh, he, was, he was like flexing his SC muscles, so to speak. Like, uh, like we'll, we'll be back. And he's a hardcore SC fan. Uh, but you never know. that That's why it's a legitimate question. Is this thing something that's sustainable? Yeah, hope for the program and the people involved that it is. And right now, as we sit here this morning, on this rainy morning in Los Angeles, California, I believe it is sustainable.
0: So this is the sixth time in seven full seasons, I'm obviously setting aside last year when they only played five games, that Kyle's led the team to nine wins or more. Now, it's only the first time they've gone to the Rose Bowl, so if the Rose Bowl's your standard and I suppose, you know, with a 12-team playoff coming, we're going to have, to have new standards all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can, can Kyle lead the team to 9 or 10 wins? Well, yes. they're averaging about 9.5 wins over the last seven full seasons. So I don't see why that's going away. And as I told you, every three years, they've gotten better. It's clear. So he's got something to build off of now that he hasn't had before. At some point, every coach loses it. Bobby Bowden didn't lose it until he was, you know, almost 80. So, it's, nothing lasts forever. But I don't see why the wheels would be coming off right now. You know, the day Kyle walks away, then all bets are off. Because the head coach has a massive impact on a college football program. There's a reason that they're paying coaches 6-8 and now $10 million a year. They have a massive impact. But... It seems like the arrow's up. It seems like he's having more fun than ever. Why not go through another one of these cycles and see how far you can take it?
1: I think they can take it very far, and I do think that it should continue. I think the onus is once he steps aside is that you get somebody who knows what they're doing and understands the program. It's never been easier to hire a quality coach at the University of Utah football program. Never, ever. It's never been easier. You don't have to take a fly on somebody. You can get somebody who absolutely knows what he's doing, whether that's from within or from without. And that remains to be seen. I don't know which direction Harlan would go with. I mean, obviously, when you're firing a coach, you're most likely to go from without. So we look at the basketball program. He went from without because they were firing a coach. Kyle, barring the absolute completely 100% unforeseen will not be fired he will quit on his terms because he's done he wants to do other things with his life which he has spoken about extensively uh, on and off the record so it's no surprise to anybody he does have stuff that he wants to do with his life his father died at 64 that that is a lifelong life-altering situation with him and so he doesn't want to be probably nobody does wants to be dead at 64 right and and Kyle's father that's that's what happened it was a shock at the time i remember it vividly i remember exactly where i was when i heard the news uh about fred senior passing uh when he was in uh, basically on my operating table so to speak and Kyle doesn't want to do that so that time is going to come in fairly short order but I don't know, what, what Harlan, would he go in, would he go out? I don't know. I don't know what, about that situation. But the onus, if he's the guy pulling the trigger on that, the onus is going to be on him to hire somebody who can keep this thing going. And as I sit here today, knowing that things change, I see no reason why it can't continue to keep going.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Joe Ingles joins us this morning. He'll do that at the top of the 9 o'clock hour, about 35, about 40 minutes from now. Right here on 97.5 and 1280 the zone. This is Hanson Scotty let's do it. He covers Ohio State for The Athletic, Bill Landis. You know, there are people on the Michigan side questioning Ohio State's toughness, and, and one of their assistant coaches, I, I believe, said that Ohio State was, was kind of a soft, finesse team, and obviously that's never something you want to hear somebody say about your program. So, I'm interested to see if there's carryover from that going into this Rose Bowl, because we all know that, that Utah wants to play the same kind of way. They, they want to play a physical brand of football, and Ohio State just kind of got challenged a little bit by Michigan, and you know, I guess that can go one of two ways. They can just kind of roll over and kind of end the season and not, not worry much about putting up a fight. But I would say there's some pride in the line for Ohio State, too, because I don't think they want to go out in a fashion where it's, you know, back-to-back games where you're getting pushed around like that. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5-1280 The Zone, powered by KSL Sports.com.